This is Robert Murdlachi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. Happy Friday of uh, Victoria Day, long weekend in Canada, and uh, welcome to this week in Canadian EdTech Mindshare TV, unboxing the Sirius Play Conference, June 13th to 15th in Orlando, hybrid uh, as well. And I'm honored to have joined me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, Subol. Thank you for joining me today, who's the Executive Director the series well, thank you, Robert. I'm really happy to be on to hopefully let people know about it. Yes, my pleasure. Well, a little bit about Sue. After providing senior level counsel to dozens of technology startups, including Microsoft, Epson, America, and Packard Bell, and then dozens of entertainment game companies for three decades, Sue became interested in using gaming for training. Sue launched the series play conference some 15 years ago, and now the leadership gathering for Leaders in game-based learning, the only event that covers all market sectors, including corporate, healthcare, government, military, and education, both K-12 and higher ed. She is recognized uh, as an expert on the worldwide market for serious games and simulation. Wow. I'm honored to be uh, hosting a legend uh, in the gaming space. Uh, and. Uh, and I noted that there was a connection to Atari, and uh, uh, Nolan Bushnell once uh, keynoted at my conference in Toronto, another legend. Uh, I'm right. my first game client, and I know Noel quite well. Yeah, you know, I, I was in an office recently, and they had a brand new Pac-Man game. So there's a, been a, a renaissance, uh, a re rebirth, if you will, of, uh, of his game. I hope he's cashing in on that a little bit with some residuals. Well, he probably is. I probably did find before. What I respect about him is that he also has embraced serious games. He's developed a number of games. He's recognized that the kind of things that are in video games and entertainment games make people want to come back and play again and again. And so he was really the person who alerted the whole world to the fact that there were reasons why people would come back and do something again. And, uh, and then later on, you know, we've realized we can use it in education. And, and so talk to me about the inspiration behind the conference too. Well, really it was that work for Atari and the other video game companies after the computer science um, clients that I had that made me wonder why, when I would get home at seven o'clock at night, my employees were staying till midnight and they were playing games on the conference system, the conference room system, which at that time was really the way that you could have most fun because you could light up the whole wall with the screen of, of a game and play and loud, your music as loud as you wanted after seven o'clock at night. So then not too long after that, um, someone called me and said, hey, I want you to promote our game. And I said, sure, tell me about your game. He said, it teaches kids math. And then I said to myself, wow, this is really interesting. And I worked for him. It was one of the very first games dedicated to helping students learn uh, subjects that they would in elementary school. And from there, this, this industry wow. boomed. And the pandemic uh, spurred innovation in many ways. How did it impact um, the serious game space? Well, I think that all of us, it's not just those of us in serious games, have learned that we can get to know someone over a screen on the computer. I've had employees working for me. I've had 
people sharing my concerns and, and interests, and I've never met them, and yet I feel like I have them in among my list of friends. So it's changed us because when it really hit, we converted from a totally live conference with probably a five-state um, circulation of people who were coming in to go live to an international conference because people could remote in when we suddenly switched as we had to, to a totally remote conference three years ago. So we did that for two years and then we began to look at what we would need for 2022 and we weren't sure just what the reaction would be. Should we be remote again? The conference has been cited for the last three years in Florida and Florida is such a open state and encouraged by the governor to do away with masks that we decided we would go live this year, come back to it. But as soon as we announced that, I had a number of speakers who said, gosh, you know, I want to come and speak, but I cannot come. I do not have right to do it. I do not have funding. So then we said, okay, we'll take some remote speakers, but we're going to be live. And then all of a sudden I had people saying, but we want to come, but we can't come. We want to come right. watch the conference. So then we became hybrid. So it's been an evolution as we're trying to serve that user. And interestingly enough, we got a group coming right at the beginning who were willing to come live, but we're very local. And after we had opened up to remote, 80% of the people who've uh, signed up to come since then have been asking for remote access. Amazing. And um, well, it speaks to the need to be agile in this new climate, this new normal, if you will, Very much. Uh, in, your, in your business strategy. So kudos to you for that. Uh, and you've got an amazing number of tracks here, you know, from the military to corporate healthcare, and you know, we, we're entrenched in K-12 and higher ed, and uh, and you've got the entire spectrum covered from game instructional design. Uh, it's fascinating to me to how many kids want to become game designers today, and and that's spurred on, no doubt, by the exposure they're getting in elementary school and high school. Well, we are getting students now from all of these tracks. Interestingly enough, the healthcare track student, for instance, is, is very high in number this year. But our core audience is higher ed and K-12 in helping those two track people really begin to use and engage students by using game-based learning. But the rest of the tracks say, please don't give up on us because we want to learn from you and we are using it in our field. So it's really an international trend in all industries. So uh, thank you for that. I was going to mention there's a Canadian connection and I'm just sharing my screen. And uh, there I see the McGill uh, University representation from Montreal, Jacqueline Dial uh, Sundberg, who is uh, part of the library uh, services uh, and uh, they're a very innovative group. We went to Montreal at the request of the University of Montreal, uh, University, I think it was the University of Montreal, I'm sorry, we were in yeah. Montreal. <laughs> and uh, from there, the participation of both attendees and speakers has been very strong. You brought up the librarian on our list, um, because it's interesting that a major trend is that libraries are, because they're fairly technical people, because they've had to become digital in services right. to um, uh, students and faculty, have become people who are actually being asked to develop programming for different kinds of courses that involve game-based learning. 
But not only that librarian from McGill, but also another interesting speaker is a law school professor from the University of Ottawa. And last year, he brought in a panel of five different teachers from Ottawa that were faculty that were using games in whatever topic that they were, um, whatever topic they Amazing. You wouldn't think for law school that you have that element infused in it, but uh, that is quite fascinating. Coincidentally, uh, scrolled on to his uh, name right there, it's Thomas Pirelli, uh, Associate Professor of Law at the University of Ottawa. So, so that's great to see that Canadian connection. And of course, we have uh, Professor Crowell as well from uh, Sheridan College. Yes, that's right. Well, I think um, Chris it teaches the workshop that is very special because it helps people who don't really understand what the elements of a game are, how to put that into a written document that could be handed to a programmer. So he helps people who are not doing the technical preparation of a game be able to brief someone who would. So Canada is very strong. And this also illustrates an interesting trend is that the first people to seem to grasp onto this and the education field is at the university level. Mm -hmm. And teach, for instance, teachers in the school of education, if they have one, that to go out and do it in the high school. But it starts with the school of education. Sometimes it's in computer science, and then it spreads across all disciplines, just like Tom in the school of law. After the university comes in, the university um, path across a nation, let's say, then the two-year colleges or four-year colleges who don't have the strength and support of a major university come in, and after that, the two-year colleges. And all of this breeds then more people in the elementary level, mid-school level, and high school that begin to develop it. And it's also interesting how that happens because usually the first application is using something like um, like Fortnite, um, and then the teachers began to actually do games themselves just for their classes. Right. It's um, it's it's fascinating to um, to see the evolution taking place, and the use of Minecraft in K twelve has been exponential growth. But you need a champion, right? It usually starts with a champion within a school or faculty, exactly. and then it's. You know, the key is leadership, isn't it? To uh, infuse across systems. It really, it's, uh, as I said earlier about you, Sue, in our conversation, you know, it took 15 years to be an overnight success and, and come of age in this space. But but it's it's now entrenched in every sector. Gaming is truly entrenched in every sector, right, that we see. That's right. The very beginning might be a, a computer science teacher, for instance, but now it is in all subjects in the elementary, middle school and high school that are embracing this. And of course, it's spreading to even um, clubs with either robotics clubs or esports clubs. And it's really all about the fact that kids are growing up playing games. They engage because they're given challenges. They're ranked against other people in a friendly way to see if they can beat them. And so they begin to feel like that's the way that they want to learn or that's what they want to do when they graduate. And it just migrates up. And, and, it, and it speaks to, a, a, you know, a, one of the key drivers is engagement, whether it's employee or student engagement. Uh, you have to be innovative. You need to be creative. 
you can't rest on your laurels. And the pandemic has, you know, like the bubonic plague, uh, spawned uh, the Renaissance era. And I, I'm really excited about the future and, and, and your conference and the impact that uh, it has the potential to do. Well, I had a very interesting situation. A friend of my son's from Harvard Graduate School teaches classical languages and literature. What a sort of an esoteric and obscure subject. She has been told she must add game, pace, game, place, game, game play to her classic studies. So that shows how far people are feeling it really can improve student retention and learning. Well, I, I like to say that it's never been a more exciting time to be in education. And uh, thanks to leaders like yourself and, and important conferences like this and getting back in the saddle, kudos to you for taking that leap of faith because it takes courage to uh, come back and do live conferences when, you know, there's a risk and, and a reward and it's a, it's a big financial commitment, no doubt. It is, but it's also one of the most rewarding parts of my life. Um, people that come back and say, I came to your conference and now I'm leading a program. Amazing. So it's all worth it. By the yeah. way, you mentioned that um, it often starts with one person in a subject. This year, we are we have several sessions on how to convince your principal, how to administer, oh, how grabbing onto it. And for teachers that are the, the one person in their school that is pushing this, they might like to hear from some of these speakers who would help them bring the whole school into this idea. Well, I like to say it takes a digital village to raise a child in the 21st century. And thanks to your leadership, you are creating the opportunities for others to, to make their mark and uh, help prepare uh, the next generation of leaders in, in a digitally engaging way, if you will. Well, thanks. That was, uh, thank you again, Sue. That was Sue Bull, the Executive Director of the Serious Play Conference. My name is Robert Merlacci of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out Triple W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.